0: Uh, I have the Instagram. I just posted anxiety right now. So welcome to this week's podcast episode. My phone is currently charging in the kitchen, very far away from me, because as many of us also, I guess, struggle with or relate to, I feel like every time I post on Instagram, I have to immediately shut my phone and walk away. If I stare at Instagram, it just It feels weird. I don't have to like over explain it because obviously we all want our posts to be received well, but we all don't care about the likes to an extent. I guess some people care more than others now that I'm thinking of certain people in my life, but I feel like I just rather would not know. There's some weird stress and anxiety right when you post to the platform that a lot of people that I've talked to also feel, especially on, on TikTok, um, I've noticed people have talked about it and someone explained it pretty well on TikTok about how it's, it's not the people that engage with the post. It's like the lurkers, the people that don't, that make you feel this like sense of privacy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I know it's real and we all feel it. And every time, and I honestly, it depends. If I post a picture that I I really want to post and I haven't posted in a while, it's exciting. But right now I'm very behind on content and I'm trying to get everything posted. So I'm definitely a lot more active than I usually am. And I feel like annoyed at myself sometimes for posting too much, um, even though I also feel like I have to, to catch up. So I do know I'm posting more than usual and I think that's also freaking me out. So I just posted some Disneyland pictures to promote my new video that went up today. I am very hopefully somebody can relate or like understand this as well, but I have to post everything in chronological order on my um Instagram account, on my YouTube, like videos have to be posted in the order that they're taken because to me, this is like a virtual scrapbook, and I want it to be in order. It's like a journal or a digital journal, so I want all of the entries to flow chronologically to look back on, and I've tried to be chill about this, and I, I've just come to the conclusion that it's that's not me. Same with Instagram. This has been something that I have recognized in my being since basically the genesis of the platform back when, in 10th grade. I remember times in high school where... My friends would get annoyed by me about my Instagram, not because I like cared about it too much, but because I was stuck in the cycle of um, posting and then immediately deleting it because it didn't seem good enough after posting, you know, like the, oh, why did I do that? or I don't want that there anymore? And then immediately reposting it because I regretted deleting it. And one time I think I posted the same photo, like, three times before my friend put my phone in her purse and told me I could have it back in an hour. And that's essentially what we're self-disciplining ourselves with today when we post and then drop the phone and walk away, hence why I'm recording this podcast episode right now. But um, I have found a lot of ways to help with this. And I think Instagram creating the archive post option has helped me tremendously. But I've also just realized I need to plan everything far ahead. I like to organize. And right now, I am slowly but surely posting all of these California pictures from last month. And like I said, something in me just has to post them chronologically, which usually isn't a problem. And this goes, I mean, also, I use my, um, I just realized how echoey it is in here. Hopefully that is not picked up on the mic. I'm recording in my dining room and the ceilings are really high in here, but usually I like to post something on Instagram to help promote my YouTube video going up at the same time, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. However, last month I took tremendously more photos than usual because we were on vacation. And because of that, everything just got a little backlogged and I'm still taking photos, doing things every single week that I wanna share. And I have that like, that exciting urge when you take a good photo that you want to post it right away. And I know by the time I get to it, I'm going to look back and think it's not good enough or like be onto to something else. But it would be a dream someday to just be cool as a cucumber and take a pic and post it in the same day. Gosh, wouldn't that be nice? I feel like it'll catch up to me, especially in winter when I'm just hibernating. Um, but yeah, sorry for the Instagram rant, but I feel like most of my listeners can probably understand and it's a great time for me to be recording because this gives me that hour to calm down and it's genuinely just when you post, right? You know, like we look at it later on and it's no big deal suddenly and it's, it's fine. I also just learned, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this on their Instagram yet, the new option, this has always been there for... Instagram reels, but now for posting to your actual like feed, you can turn off off the option to share to feed. So you can post it to, so a lot of people I know, post something, archive it immediately, and then later unarchive it so it shows up on their profile but not on anybody's feeds. You can do this now immediately without having it shared to your feed and just post to your profile. So I feel like that helps a lot when you don't necessarily want people to see something, but you want it on your feed. So I haven't really messed around with that new feature yet, but I'm glad it's there. I also noticed that you have a new um, like, scrolling option with carousels. I don't know if anyone else has stumbled upon that. I noticed it by accident when my thumb was grazing. It's like on... Um, the photos app on iphones how you can move photos just on your thumb on like the little photo preview at the bottom instead of swiping or sliding you can do that on instagram now and go through them really quickly which i don't know if i like because i like the swiping on instagram motion anyway enough instagram chat today welcome to this week's breaking up podcast episode i Kind of had a lot going on this week, and I'm in a very chatty mood, kind of sporadic topics here and there, but it should be a really good episode, so thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope everyone has had a wonderful week. Our September has been seriously blessed here with the most beautiful, warmest fall weather. I am so happy. This week felt like summer in the 80s, sunny, sweaty. I went on, you know, my daily walks, and felt the heat and humidity of summer again. And it was so great to feel that, just to mentally prepare for what's to come. But um, at the beginning of my podcast episodes, I like to start with a weekly update of kind of anything that happened this week to share with you guys before getting into our topic for the episode. And I think right where I left off last episode, I actually don't remember how much I shared about this upcoming topic in the last episode, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned how my partner Ashton and I went to Iowa last weekend um, for a friend's wedding reception celebration party thing. And it was my my official hometown date. So the trip went well. It was a three and a half to four hour drive, which was a lot. Um, When we go up to Duluth a couple times a year, that's two and a half hours, so this felt double that. But then when I think about it, my family and I drive to Michigan in the summers, and that's almost a seven-hour drive. I don't know why it never feels that long in the moment, but yeah, it definitely felt kind of long going to Iowa. But also, we were just straight on the same highway the whole way down. Cornfields, I saw so many barns, like the, the most amount of abandoned barns I'd ever seen. But I also saw horses and cows um, from the highway, so that was nice. But yeah, um, I basically just read the whole way down, which I was surprised by, because usually reading in the car makes me feel a little queasy, but it was fine. I finished my book so quickly, and we'll talk about that at the end of this episode when I'm going over the books that I've read this week. Um, But the hometown date was so great. I got the full tour of his hometown. I got to see his um, elementary, junior high, upper school. I got to see the gyms that his parents owned and where he coached at. They owned, like, gymnastic gyms. Um, So I got to see those. I got to see some of his first jobs as a teenager. I got to see all of the houses that he lived in growing up. And it's so funny because... Coming from the Minneapolis area, I am very used to everything being about 15 to 20 minutes away. You know, like I grew up in one suburb, but I went to school my whole life in a different suburb, about 25 minutes north. I went to the University of Minnesota, which was a commute from where I was living at the time, but my apartment was in a different suburb than, like, you're kind of scattered, and all my friends live in different areas, and I'm just used to driving, and I feel like I know. If someone took like a hour length distance radius around the Twin Cities area, I feel like I would know where I'm at, where I am at all times. But we would visit or we would drive by like his high school and then two blocks later he'd be like, and this is where I lived. And I was so not used to that type of like commute or familiarity where everything was so close because I never had that coming from such a large city in comparison to his hometown it was really bizarre and I noticed that a lot um between like his small town friends and him and me and like how we kind of like our perception on distance and places and where we want to live um I I I can tell the difference in like how we were raised by that so it was really crazy to see because I'm not used to living so close to where I work or where I go to school or having friends that live on the same block even or the same neighborhood was so unheard of like I had friends um I mean I'll just say the cities because at this point this was 10 years ago nobody lives in these places anymore and if you're not from the area it means nothing to you but when I was in high school like I lived in, like, Richfield, but my high school was in Golden Valley, but I had friends who lived in Plymouth and Eden Prairie and Edina and St. Louis Park. And it was just, like, we all lived in different areas, but it was, I've just never, like, contrast to that been familiar with if we all lived in the same little suburb and didn't leave that suburb and went to school there and everything was like within a mile very bizarre to me but really fun I mean not bizarre I shouldn't say that but just I could tell how different it was growing up to for him versus like my experience and it was really cool though to see all of these nostalgic places and um his town has like the classic little main street area with cobblestone bricks on the sidewalks and just old towny buildings and i loved it it was so cute so quaint i saw it at night so i didn't get to see any of the stores or anything like that i wish i did though i would have loved to go shopping and like have seen things um yeah now i'm thinking back i'm like wondering why that wasn't on the the tour that he gave me during the day anyway Um, It was a really quick trip, went by really fast, but it was really nice to see and meet a lot of his friends. And we drove back the next morning, immediately put on our Renaissance garb and went to the Renaissance Festival. This was our second year going. And if you've never been, oh my gosh, what an experience. I do highly recommend giving it a try at least once in your life. If you think it's not for you, or you have no idea what to expect, go. Go have a great time. Dress up a little bit. Like, it's so fun. You have so many options. I mean, I I could have been, like, well, I just wear, like, a cute little corset dress and a crown. Um, very, like, Game of Thrones-esque or core. But a lot of people could have been. They were fairies and... Um, And witches. And, you know, I didn't know, like, oh my gosh, should I be like a cute little cottage core peasant type of girl or should I be a witch? Um, And I could have gotten like a witch's hat or a crown. And I went with one of those little tiara circlet crown things that go around your head, like your forehead. Um, But Ashton was a pirate and it was so fun. I love dressing up. And I, okay, unpopular opinion here for the Minnesotans, but the food at the Renaissance Festival. Might be better than the food at the state fair. I feel like at the state fair there were very few things where right right away I was like, oh, I have to get this and this and this. Whereas at the Renaissance Festival, I ordered way too much food. There was so much I wanted to get. We got um, popovers with this like strawberry honey butter, which was delicious. We got beignets. We got a king size pretzel, which was a new item this year. Ginormous, huge. Hugest pretzel ever, bigger than the paper plate. It was a walking advertisement, too, because so many people came up to us being like, excuse me, where did you find that? Um, And that's how I found it, too, is somebody ordered it, and I just looked up where they got it from, because I was right next door getting beignets. But I'll post a picture of it to my um, podcast Instagram account, so definitely follow Up underscore podcast. I'll put a picture of my outfit. Ashton and I our outfits together and then the the pretzel for you to see because it was massive. It was so good though. Like the dough on the inside, oh my God, very filling. Um, Ashton got a turkey leg. and honestly, I've seen a lot of turkey legs at the State Fair and other like amusement parks and whatnot. and they all seem fine. The Renaissance Festival turkey leg, though was like toasted to almost like a comical perfection where it didn't look real. I don't eat meat, but I can appreciate a really good turkey leg when I see one. And that looked delicious. We got, um, oh, we got gelato. We got this like yellow cake frosting flavored gelato, which tasted just like the birthday cake gelato at Trader Joe's. Oh, we got Mermosa's. Um, When we got there, which were basically mimosas with um, this like blue liqueur put into it. And then they give you like a fun mermaid straw. Delicious. We tried mead for the first time, which is, I believe, essentially like a sweetened wine. I'm not the biggest fan of sweet wine, but I know mead is, I think, true to the time period. Um, Yeah. Let me look it up right now. I want to make sure. Well, it is, it's, um, oh, I guess it is maybe a stock. Oh, no. No, it's like Greek wine, I think. Sweet honey drink, fermented honey, and water. Um, Is mead accurate to the Renaissance period? Mead moves out of the Middle Ages what era is mead from Oh, mead is the world's old the world's oldest alcoholic drink, referred to as nectar of the gods, ambrosia. I think that's how you say that word, ambrosia. Honey, I think it's ambrosa. Um, honey wine or honeymoon wine. The earliest discovery of a drink fermented from honey was in northern China in 6 6,500 BC. This means that mead is older than the wheel. And then mead was a popular drink in medieval England. They had bees in abundance due to huge amounts of wax for candles. Interesting. I'm learning so much about mead right now. Um, Yeah, so we wanted to try it because it was pretty popular there. So we got, I think we just tried like the original Egyptian flavor that they had, which was just honey flavored because um, it was pretty traditional meat and I wanted to taste it. It was good. It, it did taste like sweet wine, but that's really cool. Now that I know the history of it, it makes me appreciate it so much more. Um, gosh, what else did we get there? There was so much food. At this point, though, I was stuffed and um, we watched a few performances, went into like a few activity buildings, shopped around, played some games. I love it. It's the best time. And Honestly, the environment, the energy, the people at the Renaissance Festival are so nice and talkative and like even when we were in line for mead, the woman in front of us turned around and was like telling us all of these things about the flavors and how much she likes them and everyone was so considerate with like taking photos. It was so great. I feel very comfortable I think at the Renaissance Festival, but um yeah, so I'm glad we did that. And it was so beautiful that day too, thank goodness, because it gets kind of risky going into September, October making plans like this, especially when you have a specific outfit to wear. Could be in the 70s, could be in the 50s, you never know. Um, but that was my weekend, which was a lot. It was a very busy weekend. And then I kind of went headfirst into the work week. Like I mentioned earlier, I am just trying to catch up right now with work. And I know I constantly say that or feel like I'm behind, but I am not working on anything new until I am up to date timeline wise. It was just so hard, you know, coming back from California and then having like five videos in a row that needed to go up in a specific order, um, which just kind of felt like it was delaying everything else. But I have a lot of ideas for fall content and a lot of projects that I'm eager to get started on. So I have just been pretty much sitting at my laptop all week doing what I love and editing and uploading and making content and talking to OnlyFans creators, like probably a handful of listeners yourself, but I offer Zoom meetings, like one-on-one Zoom consults for other OnlyFans creators, maybe someone that's just getting started and would like some advice or mentorship, or maybe a creator that is going through like a rut and just needs some inspiration or good like girl chat with another creator to kind of help spark some ideas. Um, Whatever it is and wherever you are in your journey, it is so nice to have that one-on-one time to talk to somebody that also gets it and is in the same industry. So I do really love talking to other creators and offering that service. And earlier this week, I had a handful of meetings kind of fall on the same day. So I spent a lot of that day feeling very social, despite being home alone. Chatting with people on Zoom, and it left me feeling so motivated afterwards. Like, I had spent hours that day encouraging other creators, you know, giving them advice, telling them what I think they should um, focus on or work on or ideas to improve. And, you know, when I got off of those calls, I kind of had one of those moments where I thought, I am, I can directly see what somebody else needs to to like improve their page. And if I'm looking at my OnlyFans from an outsider's perspective, I know exactly what I need to do as well. And I had such excitement and motivation for these newer creators on like their new page. To just telling them, you know, what step they should focus on or like things to do before X, Y, and Z. And it made me It like transferred that exciting feeling onto me with my own platform, and it made me want to like revamp my whole page and try even harder. You know, I'm telling these creators to just put their whole being into this and promote every single day and work on it every day and, you know, get your link out there and keep posting and don't give up. And I feel like mine has become kind of stagnant and in the background, and I haven't posted an OnlyFans video on YouTube in almost two months. Another one is coming soon. I'm in the middle of filming it. So there is a new one coming. But it made me wonder, like, okay, I know exactly what to do to be successful on this platform. Am I I implementing everything that I know one can do to be successful? And I don't think I'm doing as much as I know I could be because I'm comfortable, because I already, like... Did that, and then stopped. And the thing is, like, if you don't keep, um, what's the word? Like the inertia going with something. Well, okay, I guess Newton's law would beg to differ. But, um, you know, like an object in motion stays in motion or whatever. But I can feel it kind of slowing down if I don't put more focus on it. So I am in the middle of revamping my page organizing it. I know exactly which parts of it are causing it to not be as successful or places that I know I need to improve on. And I am taking the time this week to make those changes, to promote more, to put my whole self into it and really see how much I can make or how much growth is potentially there if I implement these same pieces of advice that I am giving to creators all the time. So I am vlogging, of course, the week's experience and what happens, but one of the biggest changes that I made was something that I have been kind of wanting to do for years, and I know I've mentioned this in so many videos when I talk about OnlyFans' biggest mistakes or OnlyFans' regrets or things I would do differently if I started OnlyFans today, and that is not use my full name. I didn't realize in the beginning what the platform would become, so I just used my name because that's what I do on all socials. You know, you, you got to grab that that handle before somebody else does. Um and then once I had the handle, I just became known for that and that was the link and if I changed it, it would change the link and I just didn't want to lose like I leave that link places for people to find me. So if I change the username, then the link no longer works. And I just never really put much thought into doing it, but I did. So I'm now just Michaela over on OnlyFans, which is exactly what it is. It's just me. So it's just and then my full or my first name. And I love it. I feel like it's perfect, I feel like it's easier to spell. It's simple, easy to remember, and that's what I always encourage people to think of when they are deciding what to name their OnlyFans page. You know, something simple, easy to spell, and easy to remember. So, and my full name is definitely not that. But now I'm just Michaela, and to focus on my content, I have been organizing it. All of the promos I am sorting to a different tab, which thankfully OnlyFans allows a lot of like options with that and then my feed will just be my own pictures because something that I've been frustrated by that I know a lot of people on the platform were frustrated, like my fans on the on my page were frustrated by, is you know, going through promos that I never delete to try to find my content. Well, now there's a tab just for my content and then there's a separate tab just with promos and when you do a promo with me, you stay on my home feed. For two weeks, and then after two weeks, I move you to the other tab, but you're still there. It's still public. It's just so much more organized, and I love it. So I've been spending like the last three days or so work- working on this, um, and I'm really, I have a really good feeling about it. I'm really excited, and I have um, just a new, fresh, like excitement feeling about it. So I've kind of just been trying to improve the OnlyFans platform. I know the potential is there. I know the money is there. Hey, I have done it once before where I was bringing in just unrealistic paychecks, like insane, unheard of paychecks. And a lot of friends that I have are still bringing that in. So I know it's possible. I know it's there. Um, Yeah, so... I'm just going to go for it as hard as I can this week and see what happens. So that's kind of been what's been going on. I did want to talk about OnlyFans for this episode, because when I asked on my Instagram a few weeks ago what you wanted to hear on the podcast, I got a lot of people uh, responding saying OnlyFans. Now, I'm not sure exactly what about OnlyFans people want to hear. Um, and I know I get kind of like a refresh, or I get new people always coming in, watching some of my content, or you know, seeing a video or two, and then asking questions that I answer in a lot of OnlyFans videos. And I started to kind of feel like it was repetitive when people ask the same question for like three years straight, and then I just have the same answer. Obviously, OnlyFans is always changing as a platform and creators are growing and shifting and maybe not as active or more active than before so it does differ a little bit but I think that really put me in this like spot of I don't know what to say anymore because I kind of have said it all and yet more people come in randomly asking how do I gain fans should I have a free account or one with that's paid Um, where do I promote And I've answered these all the time in my videos. So I always try to encourage people to watch those because it's just more thoroughly explained. And I feel like I do the best at describing it there. But yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly what people would want to listen to regarding OnlyFans on a podcast episode. But I do know that right now, my thoughts on OnlyFans is it's still profitable. I think it's still a really great platform, and a lot of people are making amazing amounts of money on it. However, I don't really believe that it's as quote-unquote easy as it was to be successful on as it was in the beginning, a.k.a. like 2020 era, and I'm not sure if it will ever be possible to earn as much money as We once did during its prime, when it was new, when we were all home, living off of stimulus checks, um, when it wasn't as oversaturated. I think a lot of things have changed from that time period to today, and a lot of creators are still coming out on top. I think a lot of new members are joining every single day. So there is still the circulation there of um, creators and subscribers, but I just... I don't know. I I've noticed a lot of ebbs and flows with it, and I know that it's not completely a dead end yet. Like, I always kind of said that it's working right now and I'm going to be on the platform and make as much money as I can and then when it's no longer working and the well dries up, it dries up and hopefully I, you know, was wise enough with my money that I earned to be okay. And so far I do feel like I did a really good job at that and Hey, the well is not dried up quite yet. It has slowed down a lot, but I'm still living off of it and it's still helping every single month. So I might as well try harder and like push myself more because it's there and I have friends that make great money on it. And I myself once made insane money off of it, so I know it's possible. And I mentioned that just to say out loud, I know it's possible because I've done it before, so I can do it again. And that's kind of where I am right now with my motivation and my plans on the platform. Um, And I feel so much smarter about it now too, looking at it now versus almost four years ago when I joined because we were all just teaching ourselves how to swim, basically. We threw ourselves into the deep end and then just had to stay afloat and figure it out. And I learned a lot in the last four years. I figured out I figured out so much on the platform. And now that I have so much experience and know exactly how to navigate it, what's going on, where to promote, where not to promote, I know to use Linktree or beacons, how not to get my social media deactivated or deleted, Now I can be even better than I was before. So that's kind of like my thought process on the platform at the moment. And another thing that I always think about is, to me, OnlyFans came out of nowhere. I went from hearing it once or twice because of Trisha Paytas and content to watching a video of a girl that made $3,000 in a week on a platform that I had no idea how or what or you know anything about it and then before I knew it I was making I was making more money than I had ever made before in my life um, and it's so crazy that that one night when I decided to join the platform changed my whole life and I bring that up because OnlyFans came kind of out of nowhere for me so what next is going to come out of nowhere that can change my life or change your life you know and I always am trying to catch it I always want to make sure that I grab something when it's there and I think about all of these apps that come out every single day and all of the um apps that become trendy or what is like the new I mean obviously TikTok I think stands strong but There's a lemonade, even when Be Real came out, you know, I got on that right away because you just don't know what something will become. And it reminds me a little bit, I mean, it's so different than this, but with, you're going to laugh, but with Dogecoin back in 2021, as unhinged and comical as that era was, people made real money because of it. And I mean, myself included, you know, you put in like a couple dollars or $10 and make a couple hundred. So it was wild. And that's because of like right place, right time. Um, And grabbing something that you might not even have known was a thing in that moment. So I'm just really always on the lookout for a new app or a new way that people are making money. I don't know if you can hear Marnie scratching right behind me, but there's a scratching post there. And the cats only seem to use it when I'm recording or filming a video. But um, yeah, I do feel very lucky with discovering OnlyFans when I did. And the goal is to do that again with whatever's next. OnlyFans, in my opinion, has been such a great blessing and something that has helped me more than anything in my 20s. It has given me security, financial security, and home stability and everything like um, savings, a retirement fund, and I'm—I know a lot of people have opinions about the platform, but I have nothing but good things to say about it, and it has done nothing but improve and help my life, regardless of how you feel um, about the platform itself. But if it's not OnlyFans for you, it's might—it might be something else that comes up. And I mean, if you really think back to, like. 2008 YouTube days, the same goes for YouTubers that started their channels before you could even monetize or earn money on the platform. And the, those early day YouTubers are the ones that live in those huge homes in California and had the rest of their lives basically um, like taken care of for them because of YouTube. And it was that right place, right time situation. Same goes for the TikTokers that built a following in 2020 and now make TikToks for a living, again, regardless of how you feel about somebody that does that, there is this really nice, almost a bit envious element to that that I think all of us on some level kind of wish we could experience or have that luxury of. So it doesn't end there. It didn't end with YouTube. Oh my god, I keep wanting to get this out and the cat keeps jumping everywhere. It didn't end with YouTube in 2008. It didn't end with TikTokers in 2020. Like there is always something that will earn you money, and the trick is just being at the right place at the right time. So I hope this encouraged you to keep up with the times a little bit and give a give a platform, give an app a chance and see what happens. If you are considering OnlyFans, I'm going to leave my Beacon's link in the description of this episode, so In this Linktree type of beacons link, if you're unfamiliar, it's like Linktree, click on the OnlyFans referral tab, and that is my referral link. You don't lose any money by doing this. However, it's a great way to have or to support another creator. Um, And the platform itself, the money comes out of the platform, not from you. So it's a really great way to just kind of show another creator support. If you want to sign up using my link, or check out any other links I've got there. I will link my beacons in this podcast episode for you. But yeah, I guess that was a little OnlyFans deep dive. Um, Please let me know if you have any other OnlyFans topics that you want me to chat about, because I know a lot of people have questions or um, just things they would like advice on. Or if you want to set up a Zoom meeting, I would love to talk to you. Like I said, those are so fun for me to do, and I always have a great time chatting with other creators. I feel like we equally learn so much from each other. So um, yeah, a lot of info there, but oh my gosh, I don't even know if I did an ad yet for this episode. Okay, let's take an ad break. I'm going to take a moment to breathe. I feel like I just spoke for 30 minutes without taking a breath and then we will get into tv shows movies and books for the week this episode is brought to you by banish skincare i have been using banish products for two years now oh three years wait i've been using banish products for a long time now and my skin is forever changed banish uses natural clean and fresh ingredients that make your skin glow clears up blemishes Reduces redness and signs of aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home microneedling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scars, and reduced acne in general. I used this microneedling last night, actually, on my skin. I try to do this at least once a month, and it does really take care of acne scarring, and it makes me feel like fresh, new skin cells are basically coming into my face. It just feels really, really great, and it helps kind of get rid of that dull look um, that sometimes acne and acne scars can leave to just brighten and moisturize the skin. So they have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I use every single day on my skin, an oil serum to use after microneedling. And this helps moisturize the face and reduce redness. There's a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores. I use this every night before bed and morning. Um, There's a fresh enzyme. Pumpkin mask—it smells so good, just like fresh pumpkin. Perfect for the fall season. And most recently released an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF. Um, what's awesome is you can get a lot of their products in bundles that allow you to save money, or you can purchase them individually. But try out Banish today. I have a affiliate link in the description of this episode, as well as a discount code for you. So use code. Michaela 10 at checkout. That's Michaela 10 in all caps for 10% off. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you got it, monetize it. it has been my mantra since 2020, and I firmly stand by it. If you have a talent, skill, or something you are good at, you can monetize it. I do really believe that there is a way to make money doing what you love, whether that is crafts or dance, public speaking, Arts, yoga, whatever your passion is, there is a way to monetize it. So definitely check out my new merch in my spring shop with the motivating reminder, if you got it, monetize it. And to say thank you to my listeners, use code PODCAST at checkout. That is PODCAST in all caps for 10% off linked below. Moving on to TV shows, movies, and books. Oh my gosh, so many... Really great TV shows, movies, or just TV shows and books that I have watched and read this week. I'm really excited to talk about it. So, Ashton and I finally watched Ratchet. 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 Oh my gosh. I don't know why I stuttered so much with that. Ratchet on Netflix. I have been wanting to try this show for a few years, I mean, since it came out, honestly, because I love Ryan Murphy. I was a huge American Horror Story fan, as well as, I mean, Glee, Scream Queens. Everything this man creates is genius. And Sarah Paulson is amazing. I'm, like, she is Ryan Murphy's shows, pretty much. And I love her so much. And I know anything that she's in will be amazing. So, The reason I haven't seen Ratchet up until this moment is because as I entered more of my, I guess, my 20s, um, Ryan Murphy stuff, I don't know if I just got older and I wasn't able to handle it anymore or if Ryan Murphy's shows got darker. Maybe there was a mix of both because I loved American Horror Story. Like, I would watch. One, two, I think the first four seasons, I stopped midway through Freak Show because the clowns, I don't know, it just got so graphic. And again, I don't know if I just got so um, not able to watch it anymore, or maybe I was just very desensitized as a teenager. Um, I also think when I lived in my parents' home, I could watch a lot of scarier things because I had so many people around me all the time. But living on my own, I cannot watch scary things by myself. So I think maybe it was partially that. But yeah, I love Ryan Murphy's stuff. But the reason that I um, hadn't watched Ratchet up till this moment is because I didn't know how scary and how graphic it would be. I know Ryan Murphy is so dark, so I was just like a bit weary of it. But um, it's spooky season. I feel brave, and I want to watch something a little thrilling I'm so glad we finally watched it. It reminded me a little bit of like a Wes Anderson film too, the way that a lot of it was directed and filmed. And the color, like, oh my gosh, the colorization, colorization of this show is stunning. I love the time period. I love the music. It was just so well done to perfection. Really great um, limited series. And it was kind of interesting, because a lot of parts reminded me of season two, Insane Asylum, you know? Um, And Lana's character seemed, oh my gosh, not Lana. But yeah, Mildred, who Sarah Paulson plays in Ratched, reminded me a lot of her character Lana, who she played in the Insane Asylum season. Um, and it, I, I, could almost tell Ryan Murphy was like pulling pieces from different projects that he was working on to create these new characters and these new um, elements and places. It was really in- cool, and it was actually based upon um, one flew the one, one flew over the cuckoo nest, the book and the film, I believe. Um, so. Ashton and I want to watch that film this weekend. I've never seen it. Kind of an older film. Jack Nicholson is in it. But he said it's really good. And if this character in it, um, Nurse Ratchet or uh, Mildred Ratchet, is based off of it, I kind of want to see, you know, where the inspiration came from. So we finished that show in, like, a day and a half. Like, two nights. It's all it took. Really good. I, I mean, it's gory, but... It's not as bad as a lot of the later American horror story seasons. Um, and there were parts of it that like, I thought they were going to show that they didn't um, without any spoilers. Well, I don't know. Because this. if I heard someone describing a show that I wanted to watch and then I said what I'm about to say, it might deter me from watching it, even though I know I could handle it. I won't say it. I don't want to spoil it. But it's there was this one part where I was so sure Ryan Murphy would show because it's like graphic. It's disgusting. It's right up his alley. And I was surprised they never showed it. So just always a little bit off screen. Of course, the opening scene is probably the worst graphic gore-wise scene of the whole show. But that's how it goes, right? Like the first kind of like foundational scene is really confusing. You don't know why or what's going on. But then something insane happens and you're putting all the pieces together yeah so the first like 10 minutes is scary and full of blood and killing but that's it and then you have the backstory and you the rest is fine um but really great and i loved it so much next we watched well we're still watching it but we started the series dear child on netflix and For the first episode, I didn't even know that it was in German because Netflix automatically turns it to English, but it's like a very automated Siri type of English voice. Um, The only kind of, I guess, points that you could tell it wasn't their actual voice was when it was a child speaking and it had that like computerized adult voice over it but also their lips weren't matching up with the words. And I guess I don't look at lips when I'm watching shows because Ashton noticed right away and I did not. So then we actually turned it to German so we could hear like the emotion and the pauses and the real voices and we just had subtitles on. Oh my gosh, do not let the language barrier deter you from this show because I have, I've been waiting all week to watch the finale. We watched the whole thing in like one day, but didn't have time for the last episode. So we decided to wait until this weekend to finish it. And it's so good. I can't stop thinking about it. There's so many good plot twists and um, just depths to the plot. And right, it's not, it's not straightforward. It is not what you think it's going to be. I mean, there have been a handful of shows and movies that take the very, like, proto-copy, like, Characters or prototypes of kidnapped woman forced to have children with her kidnapper being locked somewhere underground. Right? Like I've seen so many like Room. Or um The Girl in the Basement on Hulu, I think. That one's based off of a real story. Um or A Stolen Life. That one was never a movie, but I remember reading her memoir on it. So many cases, right? So I thought it was kind of going to be the same thing. Um, You know, they escape. Doctors are trying to figure out that she's like a missing girl. Kids have to adjust or whatever. No, no, it is so good. I cannot even give away the plot right now, but because if I keep talking about it, I'm going to give away the plot. Um, I just can't wait to finish it. This is a show that like I want to talk to somebody about because it's it's good and I want to vent but if you need something gripping that like you can easily watch because it's a tv show not a movie watch your child I really really love it and it keeps me on my toes like right when I think I know what's going to happen I don't and Ashton and I have been trying to predict certain like Parts of the plot the whole time, and I don't even know if we're right yet. And it's the finale, like, we have not been able to predict who ends up being basically the bad guy. Um, I have a good hunch right now because they're making it seem like it's this one person, but we'll see. So, I can probably talk about that finale more in next week's podcast episode. But that is what we have been watching this week now, reading. I, like I mentioned earlier, finished the, um, the book The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager on the drive down to Iowa. It was so gripping. I could not put it down. And very similar to the show Dear Child that I just talked about, this book had so many plot twists. And I talked to a handful of people that have read it and you know everyone talks about the plot twists in this book. So I was saying how As I'm reading it, like, I'm really trying to think that way and predict what the the twist could be. And a lot of my friends said that they never would have predicted it. So that really intrigued me. And they were right. I was not right. I could not predict it. And there's no way I would have gotten to that plot twist because I just didn't, my mind didn't even go there. Um, Yeah, it was so well done. It really felt like a twisty tale of... um, A simple favor, Gone Girl, but not with the same psychotic female character. Um, Girl on the train, like very good psychological thriller. But also, it's not psychological. Like, and it had that that really, really good simple outline of like a few houses, a few characters around a lake. Very limited, um, I guess, like who done it. Characters, but the plot was deep and everything, every detail written was written for a reason. Do not think it's random when he mentions something. And I knew that, you know, and you hear of a name or a specific description and you know it's like there, it's there for a reason, but you just don't understand the importance of it until later. So it's really good. Pay attention when you read it because do not think that anything is just like floofy filling. I guess I read that book so fast and that's actually the book that my book club is reading um, this month going into October because I had like just started it when we met up and everyone wanted to read it as well so we just decided to choose it so now I'm really excited to talk about it with my book club in a few weeks Um, I have a feeling everyone's really gonna like this book Uh, but after I finished that and what I am currently reading now is a conversation with friends by I want to say Sa- Sally Rooney, and I will say in the beginning it was kind of hard for me to get into it because it was written so fluidly. Um, you know, it's one of those books where there are no quotations for dialogue, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but you just kind of have to get used to the structure of it as you read and it, it reads kind of like um an inner dialogue because there are no no quite quotations so you're kind of in her head the protagonist or you know she's in your head and it really puts you in her shoes and it's so interesting because she's so emotionally clear-headed at least she thinks in a very black and white simple way um, And despite everything chaotically going on with the plot, in her mind, it's very straightforward. Like, she entered the room. She looked pretty. I didn't know what to say, so I stayed quiet. And it just kind of flows. I mean, it's also written really well. Like, it's not just that straightforward, simple sentencing. But um, it does kind of feel like an inner dialogue or perhaps one big story that she's telling. Um, Anyway, I got into it once the plot kind of thickened you know once i figured out what's going on and now i can't put it down so i think i'm going to finish it within the next day or two but it's really good and i think i mentioned that barnes and noble there was like a little note next to this book that said that this was one of taylor swift's favorite books so of course because barnes and noble told me that i have to read it and see why it's so good i have no idea if this is like a true fact or not but I do really enjoy the book, so I'm working on that. And yeah, I guess I'll let you know how it it is next week. I've been flying through these books lately. I'm really in a solid reading routine, which helps. Um, I got a question on Instagram the other day, actually, from someone who she was like, I don't know if this is a silly question or not, but like, how do you read? Because she struggled so much with finishing books. Um, and she noticed that I seem to finish them pretty quickly. And I mean, I'm in these like books that really grip me now. And sometimes, if that book just doesn't have a hold of you, it is hard for me to finish it. But she was asking, like, my reading routine or do I read it all in one sitting or how do I like structure it where I actually get reading done? And I thought it was really interesting. So I don't know if this is boring to anyone, but I always make time to read before bed. Obviously, it helps so much with releasing melatonin and actually just feeling tired instead of staring at my phone until I fall asleep. Do I still have nights where I'm scrolling TikTok until I fall asleep? Absolutely. But I feel so much better when I sit in bed with all of my warm and mood lighting turned on and I'm reading. Um, So I do really make an effort to do that. And I could read for 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, kind of just depends on the busyness of that day, but there's always time to read before bed. and during the day, whether it is it's always when it's a little bit shady outside, so I'm not in direct sun, but I do try to read outside on my balcony for maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. so that's another chunk of time. Um, or if I want to sit in my hammock, I do like need that time outside. I feel like a houseplant basically or like a dog that like needs to go outside just to have that time with nature and fresh air and vitamin D. so And off my screens. Like, And that's the thing, too, is most of my work day is structured around editing and emailing and staring at some sort of screen all day. So I might go through a cycle of editing um, and make sure all the emails are responded to in that moment and then go outside for a little bit of time to get some fresh air and not look at a screen and read and then come back in. And giving myself that break actually makes me so much more productive when I return and I can go back to editing and go through the video. Because basically, editing a video is watching that video a billion times until you condense it down enough where you think it's good enough to post. So I know every single frame, every piece of dialogue, music, audio. And if you're bored with it, if you've run through it so many times in a row, it's hard to finish it. I do try to take a break and do something, and part of that break is going outside and reading or sitting on my couch and reading. And any nights that Ashton comes over, I try to get everything done that I need to get done, done, clean, get ready, and give myself the time to read before he arrives. So when he comes over, I'm on the couch in a clean home with candles on and like everything's clean. I'm like showered and whatever, like work is done, and I'm reading, and it really helps. So giving yourself that time, I don't know if that like made sense at all, but I do, to answer that question, and if anyone else was curious, have a few chunks throughout the day where I read a little bit, and then at night, I look forward to reading as well. But yeah, definitely let me know your thoughts on today's episode, and if there's anything that you're reading, or if you've read anything that I've read and wanna share, let me know. My to be read list is always growing. I actually got a handful of books today from Amazon in the mail. Um, I'll mention them when I read them, but I'm on a big book kick right now. I cannot stop. And I've been working on revamping my Goodreads, but it's very overwhelming to me because of the app's layout and lack of organization, honestly, with my books. Like, I'm tying back full circle to the beginning of this episode. I like things in chronological order, and... I don't know how far back to go in chronological order on Goodreads to mention that I've read a book and like, I don't know, It's just it feels a little bit too chaotic for me. I don't know how to do it. So I'm working on organizing that platform and when I feel like it is exactly how I want it to look, I will share it and you can follow me on Goodreads, but... For right now, that is everything today, so thank you so much for listening. Please follow me on Instagram, check out the YouTube videos, and make sure you are following this podcast. Oh, if you are still listening, I assume you're a fan of the podcast, so could you do me a huge favor and leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to? I am, I've never really looked at ratings because it scares me, but I would really appreciate it and say something nice if you can. So have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll chat with you guys next Friday. Bye.